Man, how many know that there's some love languages out there? And uh, usually, pastor likes to kick off any series herself because, you know, uh, pastors like to do that. When they start a new series, they like to be the ones that, that you know, they kick it off. And they come out with a, you know, real powerful message. Well, um, unfortunately, pastor's not here tonight. You guys get me? Wow, you got it. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Thank you for your encouragement. But uh, praise God. But um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak a little bit tonight on one of the five love languages. Praise the Lord. Um, if you guys can open your Bibles with me tonight to the book of John, chapter 13. And give me a loud amen when you're there. The book of John. Hallelujah. Is everybody there? All right. Chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. And the Bible says this. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, and I praise you so much, Lord, for the love that you've given me that I don't deserve, for the love that you've given each and every person that's in this room tonight that none of them deserve. And, Father, tonight, we just ask, Lord, that you would just help us to understand this love that you're talking about, that you want us to express not only to each other but to those that are outside these doors, Lord, that are in our community, that are at our workplaces, Lord God, that people that we run into in the streets, Lord, and Father, tonight I would just ask that you would just set me aside, bless your people tonight, Lord, let them hear your voice, not my voice. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, last time I spoke, last time I spoke on a Wednesday night, my wife wasn't able to be here, and you know, I I think I uh, I like to thank everybody, you know, like kind of like the Academy Awards. I want to thank this person, I want to thank that person. Well, first I want to thank Pastor for again allowing me to speak because you know, again, I'm not worthy to be behind the pulpit. And I also want to thank my my lovely, lovely wife. Um, who consistently types up my messages for me, amen, because I am not a good typer. I can write pretty fast, but it's not too legible. So when I give it to her, I always pray, God, I hope she can read my writing. And she's able to read it, she's able to type it up in big font, amen, so that I can read it from way back here. And uh, like I always said, she's my biggest cheerleader, and I could never, ever do it without her. If it wasn't for my wife, I know I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here today because she stuck it out like I was sharing before about all the messed up stuff I used to do. You know, she consistently stuck it out. She, you know, she might have always been by my side, but she stuck it out. Amen. She kicked me out, you know, many, many times, and she, but she was always there for me. And I appreciate that. And I love her, love her very, very much. So I just want to tell her thank you. Amen. She wasn't here last time when I did it. So she was kind of like, you said, what? I wasn't even there. I didn't get to hear you thank me. So I'm just thanking her again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, tonight we're going to look at one of the love languages that I was talking about. And you might be thinking to yourself right now, wow, I didn't know that love had a language. I didn't know that there was love languages out there. Well, you're in the right place tonight because I'm going to let you know that love definitely has a language. Praise the Lord. And it's a very important language at that, a very crucial language that we're going to need to know if we're going to live successful lives as Christians. We need to know the love languages that are out there. Amen. The love languages that different people speak. Because you see, communication is a key factor in every facet of our culture. In business, there's languages, right? In church, there's languages, right? Even in our home, there's languages, right? In our relationships, every relationship that we have, every relationship that we're going to build, there's going to be a language. Amen? Are you guys with me tonight? So with communication so vital, we must learn to communicate what? Effectively. We have to be able to communicate effectively tonight. You see, most business owners have understood this concept of language, right? 
most people that own their own businesses or these big, big, huge companies that are out there, they, they've learned the language of the people. Amen. They know what the people are speaking. Because if you look at all the commercials that are out there and you look at the, the ads that are on TV, they've learned the language of the people. Can I hear an amen? Because how many know that sometimes when those commercials comes on, we come running out of the room, oh, here's that commercial, here's that commercial. You're like, I like this commercial. And, you know, we, we watch it, we watch it, well, ooh, that commercial is funny. And then what happens? We go out and buy the product, right? Or we run out and say, oh, I got to get that. I got to get me one of those. Or, mmm, that looks good, right? Man, in the morning, I'm going to McDonald's in the morning, right? So they know how. They speak the language of the people. They know how to reach those that they're trying to reach. Can I hear an amen? amen. So it is with us. We need to learn to speak the language of the people. And not just all the people, but certain people in particular. Amen? The ones that we love. We need to learn to speak the love language of those that we love and those that are around us. See, we have to be able to speak their language. And there's a lot of major languages in this world. How many of you guys know that? English is a pretty dominant language around the world. I know I've been to a few different countries, and most people do speak English, but there's a lot of different languages. You have Chinese, you have Spanish, you got Dutch, you got Tagalog. You got German, you got French, and in even each, each, every, each one of these, there's like hundreds of different dialects of each language. So there's many, many different languages out in the world today. Now, most of us have grown up knowing one primary language. Amen? One primary language. I speak one language. I speak English. Now, some people, they know two languages. Some people even know three languages. Who here can speak two languages fluently? Wow, okay. How many people can speak three languages flu fluently? Wow, okay. Praise the Lord. That's not too many people can speak two or three languages fluently. Amen. So if I only can speak one language and I try to communicate with somebody that speaks only another language and that's their primary language and it's not the same as mine, now how many know that if we try to get into a conversation that neither of us are going to be able to communicate to each other? There, no one's going to know what the other one's trying to say, right? You guys agree with that? Have you ever, have you ever tried to speak with somebody that doesn't speak your language? And you're trying as hard as you can to get your message across to them, and you get frustrated, right? I know. I know. When I was in the Indonesian in the Philippines, just trying to get into a taxi cab and get to the church was frustrating. Because, you know, I would, I would even when I would tell them the address, because that was one thing that I learned. I, I would learn, me and my wife, we learned the address of the church. We would get in to the cab, and they would say something to me. I had no idea what they would say, right? And usually I would figure, okay, they're asking us, where, where, where do you want us to go? And I would always say, Chisangpe du Apulu. And then they would kind of look in the review mirror and they would chuckle and laugh. I'm like, what's so funny? Right? That's Because then when we would get into a cab with somebody that was from Indonesia, they would say the same thing. Boom! They'd take off. Right? Like, they understood what he said. But when I said it, they thought it was funny. They would look at me crazy in the rearview mirror and start laughing. And I was like, what? what's going on? Right? It wasn't until after a while that I, as I continued to keep saying it and to keep saying it and keep saying it, then I guess it started to sound different to them. I don't know. But it was frustrating getting into a cab and not even be able, to get, be able to get to go where I wanted to go. It was very frustrating. So it took a while. So I know what it is to be able to communicate, try to communicate with somebody that doesn't speak the same language and try to communicate something to them. And then even in turn, them try to communicate something back to me and me not understand what they're saying. It's very, very difficult. Can anybody relate? Yeah. All right. You guys are in the right place. Now, you see, love language is how a person gives and receives love or how they perceive and understand love. See, now, if I want my wife to know that I love her, and I do, I need to be able to communicate, I need to be able to communicate that to her in a way or in a manner that she'll be able to understand it and feel loved. Are you guys with me? 
And the way I do that is by speaking her love language, not by speaking my love language, because we all have our own language. We each have our own love language, each and every one of us. Just because she's my wife doesn't mean we have the same love language. So tonight, man, I, I'm going to give you a little secret. I'm going to give you a little nugget, amen, like Brother Will was talking about, a little nugget for your marriage, and that is that husbands and wives don't speak the same love language most of the time. Very, very seldom do you find a husband and wife that speak the same love language. It does happen, but I haven't met anybody yet that speaks the same love language. Amen. I know my wife's love language very, very well. I know what it is, but I don't speak it fluently. Amen. I am learning. Just like in getting into the cabin in Indonesia, I'm learning. And the more that I do it, the more that I try to do it, the more she understands it and the more that she receives it. And it's the same thing for you guys as well as myself. See, but it doesn't have to stay that way that men and women are not able to speak each other's language. See, we can learn to speak the language of those that are around us. It's not just husbands and wives. Amen. This is not a marriage message because this has to do with all of our relationships. Everybody that we come in contact with us on a daily basis. It's good for grandkids and, and, and everybody. Amen. And everybody that is around us that we love. So I want to get into this love language tonight that I'm going to speak about. And there's a bunch of them, and there's like five of them, five major love languages. And the one I'm going to share with you tonight is... Physical touch. Did you hear me? Physical touch. Amen. And right now, Barbie, about 75% of you are automatically thinking about what? When I said physical touch, you were probably thinking about sex, right? No? Okay. I'll take your word for it. But I, I probably guess you guys probably were, though. Most of us probably thought when we, when we hear that, when we talk about love language, and then we hear physical touch, the first thing that pops in our mind is sex. Amen. Now, of course, sex and sexual touching is a part of this love language, but this love language is more than that. It's more than just sex, amen, because that's only one dialect of the physical touch love language, because each love language has many, many different dialects, just like every major language has many different dialects. Like in Indonesia, they have, their, they have the one major predominant language, which is Bahasa, Indonesian, but if you go to different provinces and you go to different places in there, they have different variations of that same language, certain words might sound the same, they might even be pretty close to the same, but it has a different meaning. So if you go to one village and you say something in Bahasa Indonesian different, you know, you say it to somebody the way you normally would say something, it will mean something different to them. They'll receive it in a different way. Or they might, like they said, they might look at you and laugh and think you're crazy. Right? And it's even the same thing with Spanish. If you go to El Salvador and you speak Spanish and you speak it from where you're from, from what maybe geographical area you're from, certain words will mean different things. Am I right? Right, Maria? Amen? So it's the same thing with a love language. There's many different dialects. There's many different ways you can express, amen, that, that language, but it's a different dialect. You guys still with me tonight? Amen. Now, see, different dialects of this language will apply to different types of relationships. Like I said, the love language of physical touch, it's not just about marriage. That's not the only thing that it applies to. It applies to all different kinds. We can use it in our marriages. We can use it with our children. We can use it with our grandchildren. How many people got grandchildren here tonight? You can use it for them, and we can use it just for our friends. Amen? And some of the examples of this is the power of a loving hug. How many of you guys know Sister Cecilia? Come on a Sunday morning, man, the power of a, of a, of a hug. Amen? When you come in the, on a Sunday morning, if you haven't come on a Sunday morning, I challenge you to come on a Sunday morning just to get hugged. Just to get hugs. I guarantee you nobody hugs like Sister Cecilia. Amen? She gives you a nice, warm, long, loving hug. And it's powerful. Just that touch. 
I mean, you could be going through all kinds of crazy stuff. You could come in and go, man, I want to I backslide and, you know, I want to, you know, beat my kids right now. And I want to do all, you got all these kinds of things going on in your mind. But when you come in and she gives you that hug, all that stuff just begins to melt away. He's like, man, I'll, I'll hit the kids later. <laughs> Amen. No, I'm just kidding. But it does. It, it melts away. Just the power of a hug. Or how about the power of a loving kiss? Husbands, wives. Amen. Or how about the loving power of the hand on a shoulder? Amen. Or a hand on a back? Amen. It's powerful. It's powerful. Or the power of a handshake. Praise the Lord like Matt's dad. If you guys never had a powerful handshake, go shake Matt's dad's hand. Brother Greg, break your hand. Amen. It's like shaking hands with a big bunch of bananas or something. But it's powerful. Amen. It's something you're going to remember that touch. When you shake hands with him, you're going to remember the day you shook hands with him. Amen. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to leave a mark in your memory and probably your hand. Amen. But there's power in that touch. There's power in a handshake or even a hand on a cheek. Amen. I know like when, my, when I go visit my grandmother, you know, and I go and I greet her. And, hey, Grandma, how you doing? I miss you. I love you. And she hugs me and she puts her hand on my cheek. It's powerful. It's powerful. There's that, that simple touch. It's powerful. And, of course, of course, married couples sex. Amen? And I'm not going to talk about that tonight. That's, save that for pastor when she does her marriage class. Amen? Now, first, let's look at Jesus' life. You guys remember Jesus? All right. I'm in the right place. See, Jesus was not a man who went through his life or his ministry physically isolated from those that were around him. Amen? Because how many know that there was a lot of people that were looking for him and that were following him and trying to come and get to him? Amen? But how many know that he didn't isolate himself from all those people? You guys with me? He didn't isolate himself. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, it says this. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, he was cured of leprosy. Now, Back in those days, if you were to have leprosy, that meant you were an outcast. Actually, even not just then, if now. If you had leprosy now, you would still probably be an outcast of society. Can I hear an amen? amen. So back then, you were, if you had leprosy, you were an outcast of society. That, they didn't just, you know, say, hey, that guy's got leprosy. No, these guys, when you had leprosy, you had to wear like a bell, like one of those big cowbells. You had to wear a cowbell around your neck so that people could hear you coming. Because when they heard you coming, everybody crossed the street. They said, whoa, they didn't want to come near you, not let, let alone touch you. They didn't even want to breathe the same air that you were breathing. That's how bad it was if you had leprosy. Amen? Now, no one touched a leper back then. Ever. They didn't go up there and say, you know, oh, poor guy. You know, you got leprosy. No, they didn't touch him. They didn't even get near him. They crossed the street when lepers came. The lepers had to say, unclean, unclean when they were coming so people could hear them. Now, in his book, The Five Love Languages, Dr. Gary Chapman says that not touching someone like children can impede their emotional development. Now, how many know there's a lot of kids in this world today that they don't get touched like that by their parents or by their loved ones? They don't get that, that loving touch. Can I hear an amen? Not touching someone can make them feel unloved. Not touching someone make, makes someone feel insecure in their marriage. Not touching someone might indicate something is wrong in the relationship. For example, guys know this. Like if, if I'm walking around, if I'm walking around the church and I always want to do this, come down. If I'm walking around the church and I say, hey, how's it going, Brother Will? 
And I shake his hand. Hey, how's it going? Brother, all right, brother. How you doing? All right. Sister, hey. But I don't shake Benji's hand. But I shake everybody else's hand. Now that communicates something to Benji, right? And what does that communicate? Something's wrong in that relationship, right, between me and him. That, that's, that's, that's what he probably he's going to perceive. That's the, that's the, the communication. That's the language that I'm speaking right there to him. Because I, because I didn't go up there and touch him like I did everybody else, now he, the communication between us is there's something wrong with the relationship. Can I get her an amen? It's powerful, isn't it? A touch. And when we don't touch someone, it can empty their emotional love tank. And how many know that we have love tanks? Some of us got bigger tanks than others. Come on, right? Some of us, it takes a little bit more to fill them up. Hallelujah. But, uh, but that's what happens. When we have those things in life, when we have plenty of uh, uh, physical touch from those that, you know, uh, love us. Because how do you know if, if physical touch is your love language, when people touch you and, and greet you like that and pat you on the back and touch your shoulder, what that, every time what it does is it begins to put a little bit in your love tank. You start to, you know, you got a good, you got a healthy, you know, uh, self self-worth, self-respect feeling about yourself. You walk around like, hey, you know, I feel loved. Because everybody likes to feel loved, right? You guys like to feel loved? So you know what I'm talking about, right? When you don't feel loved. When your, your love tank begins to get a little empty. Amen. And that's why we come to church on a Wednesday night, to get filled up. Right? Because I don't know about you, but I, I feel some love when I come to church on a Wednesday night. Amen. But you see, Jesus not only healed that man of leprosy. I mean, that was good, right? Most people look at that story and they say, oh, wow, it was a healing. God healed that guy. But see, it wasn't just about the healing. He touched him. He could have just spoken the word. He could have just said, oh, you want to be healed? You're healed. Or he could have said, hey, go over there and jump in the river. Jump up and down in there seven times and you're healed. Right? He did it before. Right? If you read, a lot of the times that he healed people, he, he had them do crazy, weird things. Right? But this guy, what did he do? He went and he touched them. There was great power in that touch. When Jesus touched, there's great power. There was great love in that touch. Again, in Mark chapter 7, verses 32 through 35, the Bible says there, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged him to place his hand on the man. And after he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Epathatha, hope I said that right, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. The power of touch. Again, he touched him. And then he stuck his fingers in his ears, (laughs) spit on his tongue, and did some other crazy stuff, but he touched him. Jesus touched him. The power of touch. The power of touch. Now, how can we communicate through touch? You see, touch is a very unique, it's very, very unique language when it comes to touch, physical touch. It's not like all the other love languages. It's it's very, very unique in that this, that many things can be communicated and many things can be understood by a simple touch. Especially for someone whose love language is physical touch. Now, my love language is not physical touch. My wife says she knows what my love language is, but I I don't agree. Um, (laughs) I'm not even sure, I'm not even really, sh- tell you the truth, I'm not even sure what my love language is. I think I'm multilingual, actually, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I'm multi- I speak a bunch of different love languages. It all depends what kind of mood I'm in. Amen. 
But uh, there's actually a test on when you go to, if you go to the, you go to the Five Love Languages website. There's a test there. It's like 30 questions or so. You know, so I challenge you go go to the website and take it and find out what love language you are. Because if you don't feel love, if you're feeling unloved, maybe it's because you're not sure what your love language is. Maybe you're not sure, you know, or maybe if you're married, ask your spouse. Let's take it. Let's find out. Maybe we can find out why maybe we, there's not, you know, we're not feeling loved. Maybe, you know, your husband is not feeling loved by you. Or maybe the wife is not feeling loved by the husband. Well, let's take the test. Find out. Make sure you guys are speaking each other's languages. Amen? But see, for someone whose love language is touch, not mine, praise the Lord. Not that I don't like to be touched, but it's not my love language. Praise the Lord. Um, a touch can communicate value. It communicates worth, that you mean something. You're worth something. You're valued. For someone whose love language is touch, it can communicate acceptance. And everybody wants to be accepted, amen? And I know, I know who I'm talking to tonight. A lot of the reasons a lot of us ended up in some of the circumstances that we were in was because we wanted to be accepted, right? We wanted people to like us. We wanted to, uh, we wanted to be those ones that had all those people standing around us, talking with us and hanging out with us and be accepted and be able to hang out with the crowd, right? Or was that just me? Okay, it was just me. For someone whose love language is touch... It can communicate security and assurance, especially in a marriage. Because how do you know that wives, when they get married, part of the reason they get married is because they want security. They want assurance that they're going to be taken care of. Right, wives? Wow, only a couple of them? That was your guys' opportunity to say amen. But security and assurance. But it's not just for women. Even guys need security. Guys need assurance too. Come on, guys. Don't be, don't be too proud. Humble yourself. We need security. We need assurance, too. And sometimes for us, because there are men that, had their, that their love language is physical touch. And that's one of the things that will be communicated to them through a touch by their wives. And for someone whose love language is a touch, it communicates an apology. Anybody like, do you like it when you get apologized, too? When someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm sorry. And sometimes that works. But sometimes when just that touch, when someone could put their arm around you and say, you know, man, I'm sorry. It's really not the words. It's the touch. It makes all the difference. makes the, the apology that much more sincere. Amen. You guys with me tonight? Yeah. And for someone whose love language is touch, it also, it also communicates compassion or sorrow. Especially if maybe somebody is going through a trial in their life. Maybe they've lost a loved one or maybe they're separated from their loved ones. And they need some compassion, you know, in their life. They need somebody just to come, like I said, put their arm around them and say, it's okay. It's going to be all right. You know, God loves you. You know, he's got the best for you. It's okay. You know. I know you're going through it right now, you know, and you just have that, that your arm around them, you're patting them on the back, you know. How many know that that's powerful? That's so, so powerful. I mean, I know people that have come into the church, they were at that point. They were at the, like I always talk about, being at the edge of that cliff, ready to jump off, in a sense, in their spiritual life. They're ready to either jump off or you know, turn around and walk back the other way and go back to where, where they used to be. But it wasn't because somebody came and put their arm around them and said, it's going to be all right. You know, I know what you're going through, man. It's okay, you know. We make mistakes, whatever the case is, you know, they have that compassion, that compassionate touch and changes their lives forever. And then they, they're able to look down at that, that cliff and say, man, you're right. And they're able to walk away and walk back to Jesus because of that touch. You see, a touch can say many words when words are not needed. And tonight my question to you is, who do you need to speak this language to? Maybe it's your spouse. You see, a spouse needs to feel secure in, in their relationship, whether it's the husband or the wife. A spouse needs to feel wanted. Amen? A spouse needs to feel desired. And that's like, again, it's not just for the wives. It's also for the husbands. How I many you know, guys, we, we like to feel desired too by our spouses. 
Praise the Lord. I'm the only one. All right. Or physically satisfied. Spouses need to feel physically satisfied. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. And in the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So maybe we need to speak this to our wives. Maybe we need to speak this love language to our, our spouses tonight. Or maybe it's to your kids. Maybe it's to your grandkids. How many of you have kids and grandkids here tonight? Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16 says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant, which means he was mad. He was upset. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms. He put his arms, put his hands on them, and he blessed them. See, Jesus knew the power of a touch to a little child. He knew what it could do to them. He knew how, how it would form them in their future when it comes to their love language. You see, during, during these times of their life, when kids are young and kids are little, kids are small, they're like sponges. Amen? And sometimes they suck up a lot of stuff. Amen? Sometimes they suck up stuff we don't want them to suck up. But see, when, we're, when we begin to teach our children when they're small, we begin to, to love them like that, like Jesus did. And he puts his arms around them and he blesses them and he, and he holds them and they, you touch them on the face. It makes an impact in their life. And then they grow up knowing that that's what love is. And they understand that that's love. When they're touched like that, when people are, you know, their, their parents or their grandparents touch them like that, they know, oh, I'm being loved right now. And they receive it as love and they understand it as love. But see, it also works to the negative. I know most people don't like to talk about it. It's another one of those elephants in the room. Amen? It's another one of those elephants in the room. So when we hit our kids, we smack our kids. I've seen parents kick their kids. But see, this is what we're teaching our kids. Is when you're doing that, you're teaching your kid that that's love. This is, how you, this is what love is. And you smack them. You know, and you pop them one. Am I saying that we're not supposed to discipline our children? No. Because the Bible speaks about it. The Bible says what? Spare the rod. Spoil the child. But that's discipline. I'm talking physical. Touching them with your hands. Pastor Josie said it. Over and over and over again. These are messages, these are, these, are, these are made for love. The hands are made to love. They're not made to discipline. But see, when we touch our kids and with these and discipline them with these, they think it's love. They see that as love. And when they begin to grow up in life, they begin to get into relationships and they begin to see that, that that's what love is. And I know there's a lot of women, there's a lot of men that they gravitate to relationships like that. Where this is how they show love. Where the man will beat them. But they think, what? Oh, that's, he loves me. Because that's what they were showing when they were a kid. How many know that that's not true? That is not love. Amen? <clears throat> you see, to the person whose primary love language is physical touch, the message will be far louder than the words, I hate you or I love you. How many know the words are good? It's good to say, I love you. It's good to say, tell my wife, babe, I love you. I love you. I love you. But what speaks louder than that is my actions. Is when I speak her love language. Because that's what she receives as love. Because she can hear one thing, but I could be acting a different way. You guys with me tonight? Yes. Praise the Lord. I'm going to get you guys out of here a little bit early tonight. How many of you guys can say amen? amen. All right. 
You see, a tender hug communicates love to any child. When you hug any kid, that communicates love. They understand that as love. You guys understand that as love when somebody gives you a hug, right? You remember when you were a kid, your grandparents gave you a hug, and they tell you, I love you. You understood it. That was love. You see, but it shouts love to whose child's primary language is touch. If that's how they receive love and you give a kid a hug and that's their primary love language, you're shouting to them. I love you. I care about you. You're the world to me. Are you guys with me tonight? I mean, it's not just for kids, though. It's for adults, too. Amen. When we grow up and our primary love language is touch, when we get those hugs from people, we even get hugs from our parents when we're adults. How many of you guys still like to get hugged by your mom and dad? How many of you guys like to get hugged by your grandparents? Amen. When they hug us and we, our physical language is love or our love language is physical touch, how many know that? I feel love. When my grandma hugs me, I know I'm loved. Come on. I don't know if you guys are with me tonight. But see, in marriage, the touch of love may take many forms. Now, see, this is for the guys. And I'm going to close here in a couple of seconds. Benji can go ahead and come. If a back massage communicates love loudly to your wife or to your spouse, this can also go the other way around. Well, then the time, the money, and the energy that you spend in learning to be a good masseuse will be, be well invested. <laughs> can I get an amen? amen? You see, once you learn the phys that physical touch is someone's love language, we're only limited by our imagination on the many ways to express that love. Because there's countless different ways to express the language of physical touch, but it's only limited by our imagination. And that's, that's a challenge for some of us. It's just use your imagination when it comes to speaking that love language to somebody, whether it's your wife, whether it's a friend, whether, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, you're dating in the church. Hello? But you got to learn to speak the language of the person that, or the people that you love in your life so they can receive the love that you, you want to give to them. But even not just the people that are in this room tonight or the people that we love, but also the people that we go out to the streets to reach. we got to be able to speak their love language. We've got to be able to reach them and, so that they can come in and here too and they can experience God's love. Amen? You see, once you learn that physical touch, like I said, is someone's love language, only our imagination limits us. Don't limit God. Don't limit God. Let him use your imagination. How many know God will use our imagination? God will use it, especially for those that had imaginations. God will use it. So tonight, maybe you need to learn this love language. Maybe you need to learn the love language of love, of physical touch, or there's four other languages, and we're going to be learning about them throughout the next few weeks. Or maybe you don't know what your love language is, or maybe you don't know what the love language is of the person that you love. It's your wife or your husband, amen, or, or your kids or your grandkids. Maybe you don't know what, it, what their love language is. It's okay. You can learn it. Amen. You can learn it. God will show you. God will show you. God will even show you your love language. He'll tell you. Talk to your heart. And he'll let you know. That's their love language. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to approach them. This is how you need to love them. This is how they're going to receive it. And every, every head's bowed and every eye's closed tonight. God wants you to know your love language. And he wants you to know the love languages of those that are close to you. Tonight, I want to pray for you. If you say tonight, first, you know what, Brother Toby, I don't know God tonight. I don't know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. So everything that you were saying, you know, it sounded good. and um, You know, it makes sense. But, you know, I don't know Jesus. You know, how can I apply this to my life? Because I don't know the Lord. You know, I'm not saved. You know, but I want to be saved. I want to be able to know the love of Jesus Christ. 
Because see, without the love of Jesus Christ, we're not going to be able to express love to other people. Not in a healthy manner. So tonight, if, if that's you, you say, you know what, I'm not saved, but I want to be saved. I want to I know Jesus as my personal Savior. Well, tonight you have that opportunity. And it would be a privilege for me to be able to pray with you and pray for you. If that's you tonight, just go ahead and lift your hand and quickly put it down. God sees your hand. Hallelujah. If you want to get saved tonight, if you want Jesus to come into your life and change it forever, if you want to know the love of Jesus Christ in your life,